You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend, Richard Sweatman, about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Hi there, Joe Clark. Great to be chatting with you again. <laughs> and you too, Richard. And you too. We've had a little sprinkle of rain today, and... I'm feeling excited to check the gauge tomorrow. I just yes. give you that update. <laughs> That's right. I uh, have been thinking about your rain gauge a lot uh, when we've had this heavy Newcastle rain, so uh, I'll be interested to uh, hear the update. Oh, dear. Um, but uh, yeah, apart from rain gauges, what's uh, what else has been going on for you this week? Well, um, I have a test for you. This is actually mm-hmm. a Who Am I quiz um, <laughs> to see how hip you are with the kids because, you know, oh. with your whole Andy's words thing, I thought, you know, I reckon Richard will know this famous identity so the context was is is sorry i should say that mm-hmm. i was at church on sunday and helping out with the year five kids church crew yep. and one child looked at the other child and was like yeah did you see that from that person that that i'm gonna see if you can guess oh no and i said oh who is this and they said you don't know who they are oh my goodness <laughs> and proceeded to tell me all of his famous exploits. And so I just thought, okay. all right, let's see if Richard knows who this person oh, is. Oh, no, I feel like I'm going to let you down, okay. Joe, but uh, this will be fun I'm anyway. feeling confident. Okay, here we go. Who am I? I'm 23, a young man from Kansas in the United States with 186 million subscribers to my combined YouTube channels. I regularly perform outlandish stunts on YouTube and my first viral video, so my first one that went crazy, mm-hmm. was of me counting to 100,000. Wow. In January 2022, Forbes ranked me as YouTube's highest earning creator, earning an estimated $54 million in 2021. <laughs> Who am I? Do you have any guesses? Is it Dream? It is not Dream. Any is other it guesses? L- laser? It's not Laser. <laughs> oh, no, I don't even was- know these names that you're talking about. <laughs> or is it Laser Beam? I it was one of those guys. Um Dude Perfect? No, it's not, it's not Dude them. Perfect. It's one single guy, but he has, like Dude Perfect, rec- you know, got friends. Like yes. He's got a crew. He's, he's now employed. He's got a team of like 30, 30 employees now to maintain his YouTube platform. Uh, so do things like, I'm looking at one of his videos right now, Extreme $1 million Hide and Seek. Oh, if yeah. you, the first out of the circle gets uh, – the last out of the circle, they literally draw a circle on the ground, gets $30,000. It's crazy. <laughs> Do you want me to tell you who it is? You'll have to tell me. Who is okay. it? Okay. It's a guy called Mr. Beast. Oh, I have heard of Mr. Beast. Oh, how did I not get that? <laughs> I saw him once, I think, and he was showing a video of, of a whole lot of Minecrafters competing for like $10,000 worth of oh, Doritos gosh. in some hunger Minecraft Hunger Games kind of battle. <laughs> I literally, I was like, okay, I'm going to be hit with these year five boys and I'm going to go look up Mr. Beast when I get home. And so I looked it up and I couldn't bear to watch any of it because it looks so ridiculous. But then I thought, okay, I'm going to go back to the beginnings. So I went and watched parts of the Counting to 100,000 video (laughs) and it's literally this young guy sitting on his computer chair counting to 100,000. It's so (laughs) But this wow. launched a $54 million yeah, a year career. Yeah. I, I love the way your enthusiasm for the uh, the primary upper primary age culture and uh, <laughs> just embracing it. 
<laughs> well, I was so, trying yeah. pretty hard, and I'm not sure I can really identify with these young these young whippersnappers because yeah, no. I'm not going to watch any more of their videos. <laughs> <laughs> no, next time you do it, you can say, "Hey, who, what was the latest Mr. Beast Mr. video Be- you watched?" Yeah, and they'll, they'll love you for it. That's so true. Uh, anyway, what have you been uh, up to or thinking oh, about? I'm interested in your help here. Um, Joe, I was out pruning in the garden. Sorry, another oh, yes. garden story. But I was attacked by wasps. And uh, <laughs> I was da, da, just, da. I know, I kind of cut off some big branches to sort of clear the driveway a little bit and, and clean up, um, allow for mowing. And then suddenly I, I, there was this buzzing and I felt this pain in my arm. And I looked down and there was like a small black but unhappy looking wasp stinging through my sort of garden shirt. And I thought, I'm going to run away now. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> literally, like you see on videos, a guy running away from wasps with wasps chasing him. Um, so, <laughs> so question, let me just clarify. Was there yeah. multiple wasps or one wasp? Yeah, like, multiple. Are we talking a swarm? I'm trying to picture it. Yeah, it was, would have been um, 20 or 30 of these black wasps. Whoa. And I was wearing some protective clothing, which was good, yeah. but one of them sort of got through and <sighs> uh, they weren't like – super aggressive i'd clearly upset something about their home and yeah. once i ran away they kind of left me i didn't have to you know <laughs> run inside the house <laughs> and um now my conundrum is like yeah i'm feeling do i go in and try and kill all the wasps or should i Ooh. live in a harmonious relationship with these wasps but yes. i can't really tell them i just want to prune and trim and if they can point out where their home is i'll, I'll leave it alone you leave it alone yeah uh, yeah i've just left that that question is open. Like, uh, do you, do you have what's your what would your attitude be? Okay, to- I have no answers, only questions. Here's the question <laughs> that I'm now thinking: Does smoke work like it does with bees on wasps? So what? could you, yeah, <laughs> create some kind of not risking a bushfire fire because yeah. you've got so many trees around your house, um, fi- like flame smoke, then waft the smoke around <laughs> the wasps dull them down so they're just like slumberous and then do the craft, you know, do the chopping mm. you need to do and then mm. harmonious. Ah, yeah, so they, they wake up when I'm gone. That, that's yeah. what smoke does for bees, is it? I, I, I feel like bees just <laughs> get chilled out by smoke. I'm not sure. We need to ask Sam Hilton about this. He's yeah, the yeah. guy amongst us. I should. Um, no, that's a good option. Maybe mm. I'll think about that if I can avoid setting my house and my neighbour's yard on, on fire. <laughs> I could yeah. get my sons to video it. It would probably be like a <laughs> funny video. I'm going to be honest. In our family, because my dad had quite a bad allergy to wasps, we would yeah. just kill them all because he was allergic, like quite badly nuke, allergic. nuke them with some horrendous chemicals from yeah, your If shed. they were near the house, we'd had to get yeah. rid of them. And yeah, he yeah. would, um, dad would, it's like petrol or something. Anyway. So, <laughs> but uh, answer, yeah. that was just because he was very allergic and would have to go to hospital. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have no skills to help you with this question. Okay. And uh, good. Well, thank you for yes, hearing me <laughs> out and uh, a bit of a, a few ideas there to try. I'll, I'll mull over the sort of budget smoke option and see what happens. Um, I'm really looking yeah. forward to hearing how you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, moving on from wasps. Yes. Joe, you have been reading the Bible in your chronological Bible story. Tell us, tell us more. The truth is I got full bored. Really, really bored. I was oh, no. deep, deep in Exodus yep. and I just didn't want to hear any more about ephods and whatnot. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I got a day or two behind because I was just disengaged. But yep. then I thought, okay, I better pray that I'd be engaged again. And I asked God that I would find something interesting to think about. 
And then I found this. So Exodus chapter 35. Yep. um, It's right towards the end of the chapter. So I think it's about verse 30. Yes, I see. So it's it's a little bit of a, a, a... a bit to read, but I'm just going to read it because I think it's interesting and I'll tell you what I find interesting about it. Right. Moses then said to the Israelites, look, the Lord has appointed by name Bezalel, son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. He has filled him with God's spirit and with wisdom, understanding and the ability in every kind of craft to design artistic works in gold, silver and bronze, to cut gemstones for mounting and to carve wood for work in every kind of artistic craft. He's also given both him and Aholiah, son of Ahimzamak, of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach others. And he has filled them with the skill to do all the work of the gem cutter, a designer, an embroiderer in blue and purple, and scarlet yarn and fine linen, and a weaver. They can do every kind of craft and design artistic designs. Now, it continues on mm. about what gets crafted, which is essentially um, the the beautiful parts of the Israelites expressing their love for God through the Levites and the tabernacle, etc. Hmm. But what struck me and what I actually found fascinating is God, who I've always known gives people gifts, special hmm. gifts for his purpose and different gifts um, for, for whatever purpose he might have um, for them to serve him. He gives these people, these two men, one, an amazing aptitude in craft and quite a range of crafts, like cutting gems, yeah. as well as embroidery, as well as, um, you know, works in gold and silver and bronze. Yeah, very wide. Yeah. yeah. But also then he sends this other guy along to be a teacher. So it sounds like guy one is super, super artistic and guy yeah. two is great at helping other people be artistic. And the fruit of that is this beautiful worship of the Lord. Yeah. And I found that interesting because I have genuinely always appreciated how God has put Christians with artistic ability to help us praise him in song mm. and, you know, our design team who creates beautiful artwork to help us engage with sermon series content. Mm. But I'd never noticed that in the Old Testament God does exactly the same thing, providing particular people to help the body of the Israelites to worship him. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, really striking. A lovely little passages, this Bezalel and Oholiab. Mm. They're like, um, I love the way um, the Spirit of God is present, filled yes. with the Spirit. Yes. Um, and, yeah, it's one of these rare episodes, occasionally in the Old Testament, when the Spirit of God comes in and yeah. he's not slaying Philistines in this no. case. <laughs> like yeah. Saul and David, but, uh, yeah, creating, um, creating, um, yeah, part of the ma- the material for, for worshipping of God. Mm. And I didn't realise this because I was bored when I was reading it, but it's actually in Chapter 31 as well. So he's this Bezalel mm. guy is mentioned multiple times um, and so is Aholiab um, and how God gives these gifts for his purposes. I'm really thankful that he's done that. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean they've, they've come out of slavery. Mm. Um, most people, all they did was carry stones around and stuff. Yeah. But, um, so it's a, and God's obviously the tabernacles was there to, to show, uh, demonstrate mm. this kind of uh, perfection of, um, worship in the Old Testament system. And, mm. uh, yeah, it's God's provision mm. and God provided all the material as well through the, through mm. the, from, by the Egyptians or the, and the generosity of the people. So, mm. um, 
Yeah, it's really beautiful. Yeah, and I think now as we think of ourselves post-Jesus, Jesus has sent the Spirit to dwell in us and the Spirit works such that we serve God with the gifts Mm. we've been given by the Spirit. And so there's actually great continuity there. It's just the specific people here in a specific time, it's quite different to what our time is. And so, Yeah. yeah, it was quite, yeah, just I felt curious about it and I yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah, no, I love the way you're seeing things go through to the New Testament. Yeah. Yeah, and, and God, <laughs> ongoing equipping of his people. Yeah. Not that and- I have any craft skills, but. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, I would like to be good at cutting gemstones. I don't have any gemstones and I don't know how to cut them, but I would, wouldn't mind giving that a crack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, um, and what have you been reading? Have we got something else from your summer reading time? Yes, yeah. No, we're still going through some of the books that I've um, read or are just finishing off now with summer reading. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it was really enjoyed a book called um, – the uh, Gospel of the Kingdom, Jesus' Revolutionary Message by David Seckham, published 2016. Hmm. And uh, this is a book, um, I heard it recommended by Tony Payne, mm-hmm. on, um, who's a thinker and writer in, in Sydney, um, on a, his podcast or one he was visiting on. And um, I thought, yeah, actually, I could, I could, would like to read, uh, take that recommendation seriously. I'd like to read it. And uh, the idea is that... Um, David Seckham, who's a um, writer, a teacher with lots of experience in um, ministry and, and, and Bible colleges in Perth and South of Africa, um, just wanted to write a really clear book about what is the gospel, um, mm. what is the gospel from the Bible, um, which is a very helpful thing to do because I think many of us assume that we know what the gospel is mm. um, or, yeah, until we kind of try and explain it or until mm. we hear something that's similar to the gospel, but maybe not what we thought was the gospel or if somebody mm. challenges over, well, that's your interpretation of the gospel. So, um, yeah, it, it's not enough, I don't think, as, as mature growing Christians for us to just assume we know what the gospel is, um, mm. but actually mm. to, to think biblically, theologically, thoughtfully about it. And so um, that's kind of what he does. He looks at um, the usage of the word gospel, um, mm. the Old Testament ideas, precursors, the way the gospel appears a lot in Isaiah. It doesn't quite come through in our evangelistic, sorry, in our New Test, in our English translations, mm-hmm. but it's there as a pre- precursor building up and mm. uh, the way the gospel um, is spoken by Jesus and the, uh, uh, and the apostles. And so okay. I thought I'd just read a f- couple of uh, quotes. Um, so this big point, I think, well, a takeaway point for me is that the gospel is about a new king, a new lord. Mm. Um, it, and all the other things that we talk about, Jesus died for my sins, we can have forgiveness. That is all part of the gospel um, and is true and needs to be proclaimed. But it's really important we don't neglect this lordship of Jesus. And mm. the gospel is the announcement of a new king. So he writes, so when Jesus first gospeled, in quotes, that he, when he, Jesus first gospeled the kingdom of God, it was like the raising of a flag on planet Earth. He was claiming the world for the government of God. Ooh, uh, I like that yeah. picture. Yeah. And so, um, uh, and because Jesus is, is Lord, he's come, um, all these things are happening. He's bringing in the new kingdom. And uh, um, David Seckham Helsley talks about how the, Jesus talks about the gospel as the king and mm. that sounds a little bit different to the way the gospel is spoken of by the apostles 
who are um, uh, who are talking about Jesus, the King. Mm, um, mm. So, just for example, he says where where Jesus' characteristic way of authenticating his message was by miracle and exorcism, the apostles was by reason, statement, and argument. Ooh. And so, so yeah, just, essentially, mm. let me just see if I've understood you. So. Seckham is arguing that the gospel that when Jesus was proclaiming the gospel, essentially, he did that through the sort of signs and exorcisms. But when the apostles were preaching the gospel, they did that by speaking, like the speeches in Acts and trying to persuade people of the truth of Jesus. Obviously, there's lots of crossover, but, um, Mm. yeah, Jesus would, um, Mm. yeah, the the signs would testify to who he is as a new king and he would Mm. proclaim the gospel, call people to repent and believe and enter the kingdom and and the implication being there sort of hidden but coming more clear that he was the king Mm. um, and was going to bring this kingdom through his atoning death. Um, But the apostles are like, uh, that this Jesus we've heard about, um, he is Lord, and and the Bible, the Old Testament, points forward to him in this way, mm. and um, yeah, so uh, that's um, yeah, he, he was kind of addressing this this myth or this theory that Jesus had his gospel and the apostles had their gospel, and mm. um, some people tend to lean towards the one they like. But he's, mm. he's trying to bring it together, say so, no, there's is a unified gospel message. It's just it uh, sounds a little different coming from the king himself as compared to the apostles in some of the letters. So. Which makes so much sense, doesn't it? That mm. if you've got the Son of God incarnate in front of you, how he communicates the truth about himself would be different yeah, than yeah. how his messengers communicate. Yeah. Hmm. And, yeah, well, the rest of the chapters about uh, the cross, how does that fit, the resurrection, how does that fit in the gospel, um, proclaiming the gospel, can you proclaim the gospel and not mention the cross, like mm. some of the speeches in Acts do. and. Mm. Um, what about forgiveness? What about ethical change in our lives? Um, mm. So, uh, yeah, look, it's a book. Um, it'll be stretching for anyone, um, I think, of our listeners, but certainly okay. something uh, anyone who um, is yeah reads a book occasionally would uh, learn and grow and enjoy. Hmm. Well, thanks for the recommendation. Because <laughs> I, I guess as you were talking, I was thinking, is this more um, you could give it to a youth who's considering the gospel for themselves as in, like they move into adulthood? It sounds like... Um, it's it's a it's a little bit higher level than just a sort of more like a easy evangelistic yeah. explanation. Would that be right? Yeah, that's right. I think um, the two ways to live has had a recent refresh from mm-hmm. um, the team at Matthias, and uh, I think some of the ideas of this book have have come into it a little bit. So I, I think mm. we'll see some really helpful uh, content coming through on that end that'll be a bit more accessible to youth age and above. But mm. um, no, I think this would be good for uh, for many people. Yeah. Yeah, right. Well, uh, we should probably wrap up, but um, so good to talk to you about uh, <laughs> your wasps, Diana, <laughs> and of course, Exodus and uh, David Seckham's book. And um, if other people have enjoyed listening to the podcast, but uh, you're not part of a church yourself, you're a Christian, but you're not part of a church, Rich and I would just encourage you to, to jump in on your local church, um, head along, why not this weekend, go along. But also if you're in Newcastle and you don't have a church, we'd love to invite you to Hunter Bible Church. You can find out more info Um we both serve as pastors here and we would love to have you join us at Hunter Bible Church this Sunday. It's a great time to come. Uh, but other than that, we better chat next week, Richard. Look forward to it, Joe. Thanks. All right. See you later. Bye.